All right. Hello. We're so excited about our guest today, the wonderful, wonderful, and amazing Dr. Avis Jones DeWeaver. Yes. Yes. Hey, Dr. Avis, how are you today? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm amazing knowing that you are here and you get to share with us you today and all of your amazingness. I literally um, met you maybe in the height of um, um, 2020, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And you were killing it. One person introduced me to you and I'm like, oh my gosh, who is this amazing lady? And so we did get to chat and... I found out so much about you. So I'm so excited about you telling your story and you getting out there and doing the work that you do. So why don't you go ahead and just tell us who you are. Tell everybody who you are. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on your show. So my name is Dr. Avis. Uh, I am the multi-seven-figure CEO of Media to Millions. Uh, I am both a media commentator as well as an award-winning author. Uh, and in addition to those things, I am also a media monetization mentor and business elevation strategist. And so I've been in this media game, in the marketing game, in the money game, teachings, especially Black women entrepreneurs, how to develop their high ticket, what I call their million dollar offer, how to be able to go out there and market it and sell it aggressively, and how to build a lifestyle that allows them to enjoy it all in the process. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. See you all. I told you. You, she is amazing. She is absolutely amazing. We get to hear the story. So I'm so excited. So what I'm going to do is go ahead and dive in. All right. One of the things that you just introduced that is extremely, you know, just out of this world is that you are a multi seven, not seven, multi seven figure coach. And you built this business brick by brick with, you know, so tell us a little bit because you weren't always here, right? Oh, no. <laughs> How did you get started? How did you get started in all of this? Oh, my God. So it, it's funny because I started this, you know, many years ago. I've actually been an entrepreneur for over 10 years now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am not new to the entrepreneurship game. And I literally started my business not too long after leaving my husband with just my two boys and everything we could fit in the back of my SUV in tow. So this is definitely not this. This is kind of like uh, maybe it's a little little bit kind of like break started started from the bottom now here, you know, but I feel like <laughs> right. <I'm> <laughs> I need to insert that jingle right here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have more to do. I'm not quite here yet, but I'm definitely better than being at the bottom. I will say that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, really, I started my business, though, after leaving my job, not too long after leaving my husband, after being put into a very, let's just say a very unfortunate professional situation that I felt um, threatened my professional reputation. And it was a situation that I felt required that I leave. All right. And so it was the first time in my life that I left a job without having the next job already lined up. Uh, however, all my life, I had admired my father as an entrepreneur and admired his entrepreneurship feats. And honestly, shifting my life in that way gave me the ability to sort of think 
differently and think more clearly about how I really wanted to create my future instead of just doing the things that they all tell us that we need to do uh, in order to make our careers work. And ultimately, I decided to start consulting. I started my company. My first company was a consulting company. Uh, and from there, eventually grew it to a space where I made a transition to coaching and consulting and professional speaking. And ultimately, when we met, I actually decided to scale back a, a bit in, in terms oh. of my focus and only started to focus on coaching. And when I made that very clear, distinct um, decision to focus on the one thing that I loved most. That's really when my business began to grow, not just from six to multi-six, but all the way to seven and multi-seven. Whoa. You know, I just can't imagine Dr. Avis. Okay. So let's just back up a little bit. You stated that you started this business right when you were leaving your hubby and mm -hmm. you had two babies. What were you thinking? I mean, there's no way that you could have known <laughs> that you would be multi-seven. I mean, that had no. to be a scary place. I mean, no. what literally were you thinking? No, the, the main goal, the first goal was just to match my previous salary. And I think a lot of us who start businesses, that is the first milestone that you're looking for. You're looking to make what you made when you had that job that you left. I had, right. you know, it's somewhat comfortable uh, six-figure executive position in the nonprofit space in Washington, D.C. And so that was my first goal was to match my salary. But it became very clear to me very quickly that that wasn't enough. You know, especially in this position, I had to replace two incomes and not just right. one income. Uh, absolutely. And so I kept looking to do to figure out how I can increase the success of my business. And so that led to me sort of investing in my own uh, professional development as an entrepreneur. And that really put me in a position where I didn't have time to sort of get stuck in analysis paralysis. I didn't have time to doubt myself. Honestly, I didn't have time to do anything but execute because it wasn't just me that I was doing this for. It was me and my sons and literally failure was not an option. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is just really remarkable. So you you're, you had your two boys, you move forth with your business, replacing not your salary because you realize it wasn't enough, but yeah. two salaries. And so you picked a specific or I don't want to even say picked. I, I believe it called you because mm -hmm. you're so amazing at it. You picked a certain niche and tell us exactly what is that niche that you absolutely do? so I, I you know I specifically focus on helping black women entrepreneurs in service-based businesses specifically other coaches and consultants be able to grow their businesses to six figures multi-six or seven figure success so that is my niche that is my sweet spot and that's my passion I absolutely love working with helping black women achieve their biggest boldest entrepreneurial dreams love it love it Okay. And it made room for you because you definitely have a gift for this. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of want to, you know, just leaving your job, you know, with small boys, there had to be cer a certain inner something that moved you forth mm. and to not only um, build a coaching business, but you built a coaching business that helps other black women make six, seven, um, multiple seven, even eight, 
<laughs> calling it in. We're working on eight. We're getting there. <laughs> We're working on eight figures. So why is it that you picked that? Why didn't you go and say, hey, I'm going to sell ice cream or or <laughs> something else or, you know, sell cars or software? Why this? Yeah, that's why a fair question. You know, I have been so fortunate in my life that I have never in my adult life done a job, participated in any sort of work for compensation that I didn't care about what I did. I've mm. never taken a job just to earn a paycheck. I've taken jobs and, that have meant something to me, that the impact was meaningful for me. And so when I started my own business, I had to continue in that direction. My actual area of specialty in terms of my PhD is the intersection of race, gender, and the economy. So I literally am an expert in uh, the economic positioning of Black women specifically. And I had built a career in that space prior to me starting my business. And so it was just natural that when I did start my business, uh, that specific demographic was the demographic that I care deeply about. I am her, right? I know her and from a personal perspective. I know her from a statistical perspective. I know her from a professional perspective in terms of how we have fared in the labor market. Uh, and I just made it my mission to rewrite the script around the benefits that Black women receive from our labor. I knew all too well how hard Black women work and how little we receive as a result of that work. And I really wanted to do my part to change that dynamic. Right, right. Because I've heard the numbers over and over again. Um, can you share with us just um, some of the numbers? Absolutely. Like, Yeah. So Black women have the highest labor force participation rate of any women in America. We already have ever since they always have. Like since they've been taking that statistic, we've always had the highest labor force participation rate in America. Now, that shouldn't be surprising because prior to the development of those statistics, we actually were the labor force, right? Um, right. Black men and Black women gave this nation centuries of free labor. Uh, and so we never really had to go through a uh, women's movement, per se, to be injected into the labor market in America. We've always been here. Uh, but throughout that time, we've never been paid fairly. So all the way up to today, we continue to suffer a double wage gap. And when I say double wage gap, I mean that we not only face differentials in pay based on race, we also uh, face dif differentials in pay based on gender so that uh, you know, if we know that the typical wage gap uh, is maybe 89 cents to the dollar, generally speaking, uh, mm -hmm. for women between women and uh, white men, for Black women, it's only 64 cents uh, to the dollar. And we further know that over the course of a Black woman's career, like a typical 40-year career, if we were to have been paid fairly, if no such thing as a wage gap existed, by the time we retired, we would have made over $950,000 in wages. So we all should already be millionaires if we were paid fairly. And so my job is to make sure that we not rely on the labor market to act right, seeing that it has centuries of history of not acting right. right. Um, my job is to make sure that we gain the power and the knowledge and the skills that we need to be able to write our own checks so that we can ultimately get paid what we should be paid and literally what we deserve. Right. That is absolutely remarkable. You all, I told you she is amazing. And, and 
and it's powerful too, because not only did you just see the um, statistics, you decided to pretty much take matters in your own hands. Okay. Mm -hmm. If that does not reek of purpose. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like you were born for this, you know, because you're amazing at it and you've made, you know, you've helped clients make a lot of money and yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, um, combating that race, gender and economy. Right. Um, And the economical challenges that we all know we face as black women. So with that being said, I just kind of want to take it back because, you know, with you even going to college, Mm -hmm. you know, to study this, you know, when, I mean, was there something in your childhood or back when you were a small girl where you saw this and it just kind of really got underneath your skin and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, this is not happening. (laughs) Was there any specific instance like that? That's a very good question. It's really interesting. It's hard for me to pinpoint one instance, but I will say that I have, I was reared in an environment that made me very aware of injustice and very aware of my responsibility to do something about it. So I say that because my parents always told me the stories of what they experienced uh, growing up in the Jim Crow South and uh, still living in that area. So they told me about, for example, how Um, you know, in a period of segregation, my grandparents uh, rallied around other Black parents in the area. Uh, They all pooled their money together uh, and they bought a school bus so that they would take turns driving their kids to school every day since the state of Virginia, whom they paid their taxes to, just like their white peers did, did not provide school buses for Black children. And you would have- Yes. And black children would have to walk miles to school every day while their white counterparts would ride by them in the bus, bus really ridiculing them. And so my grandparents, instead of just being upset about that, they did something about it. They took mm-hmm. uh, the initiative in their own hands in order to be able to pull the resources of that community and make sure that their children too were driven to school every day. So growing up, like hearing stories like that from my family injected in me a belief from a very young age that while injustices occur, uh, you can take it in your own hands to do something about it. And I think that belief system has been exemplified by my priorities, by my belief in my responsibilities and in what I have chosen to do with my career and just generally speaking with my activism for the rest of my life. I think it was a beautiful gift um, that my parents and my grandparents gave me by sharing that information with me and letting me know that it's my responsibility to carry the torch to the next generation. Wow, that is powerful. I'm li- I have goosebumps. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. So, you know, it is our responsibility. Yes, we can get upset, but we can do something about it. And that's exactly what you have done because you weren't born a multimillionaire. No, no, okay? not at all. <laughs> all right. All right. But you were able to take the knowledge, work very hard and get the information that is out there and support to build your business. And now you are supporting other ladies Mm -hmm. now. And I know that there's a number out there too, because a lot of times with black women owned business, there's only a certain amount 
an average amount that we make per year. Oh yeah, it's, it's and what, really about again. It's so disgusting. It's so disheartening. Um, the American, yeah, it really is. So um, every the American Express produces a report around the state of women-owned businesses, and according to their data. Uh, the typical Black woman-owned business only makes $24,000 per year. That compares oh, to about hundred, just under $150,000 made per year uh, by women-owned businesses overall. And so the challenge that I find most disturbing among Black women business owners is we're doing the work. Uh, often we are excellent right. at what we do. We are well-qualified you know, just, we have all the credentials in the world, right? We have all the experiences, but when it comes time to even charge what we're supposed to charge for the work that we do, many of us run up against blocks that prohibit us from charging aggressively. And as a result, we end up working, still working our fingers to the bone, but getting paid very little. And that's one of the first things that we work on with our new clients is making sure that they are priced appropriately such that their labor is recognized and given the appropriate compensation that they deserve. Awesome. I mean, that is amazing. So about $24,000 a year, that mm -hmm. it's like 2000 a month. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And you support your clients with making 10,000, 20,000, 30, 50. Absolutely. Our goal is to get our clients to the point where they're at least making on uh, a monthly basis what the typical Black woman-owned business makes in a year. I mean, that is the right. goal. Uh, and honestly, the uh, as a minimum, the goal ultimately is to get them to at least their first six figures and then from there level up uh, every step of the way over time to get to that seven-figure mark. Right, right. Um, so... Dr. Avis, there may be someone out there saying, yeah, right, this does not happen. You know, we went to college and they told us if we work really hard for our salary, we'll be okay in the yeah. workspace. And I'm a proponent of that. Uh, that yeah. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> and they may be, you know, looking at these numbers, 24,000 possibly in a month. What would you say to that person who is maybe has a business amazing in their area, but they're kind of like, you know, I don't know. What would you yeah. say? Well, first of all, I, I don't want to, I definitely want to be clear. I am not disparaging people who are in the world of work. If you are employed, I completely understand it. Most of us start there at minimum. Right. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that, but I do want people to be very clear about the fact that there are limits on your possibilities when you're, when somebody else is paying your paycheck, there are mm -hmm. limits. Okay. And not only are there limits in terms of your level of compensation, um, which Black women, unfortunately, are very, very um, knowledgeable about. I wrote a whole book about it, how we're the most ambitious people in the workforce, but we're the least likely to get the type of mentoring and sponsorship and support at work that we need in order to be able to climb the corporate lab. So we want those promotions, but they're not given to us. They're given to the people we train. Okay. So I'll just keep, I'll just say that. Okay. So um, not only then are, do we realize really quickly that oftentimes we just do not have power over our own destiny in those spaces. Um, but in addition to that, the reality is, and this economy I think has shown a lot of people that though it may feel safe uh, in those spaces, at the end of the day, you're only as safe as the person who is making the decisions 
around the uh, expenses associated with that business. Yes. Uh, C, your contribution is one that they want to continue to have. I mean, having you could have that that job today and it could not be here tomorrow. So I think that most people at minimum need to have something that they're doing on the side, have something that they're doing to make additional income. And I will say, even when I had my six-figure executive position, I had a little you know, radio show at NPR on the side. And that was one of the things that allowed me to be able to leave that space because I knew that at least I had that little check from NPR that was going to be coming into my house for that radio show. And that one check was the thing that motivate me, motivated me to think if I can get one check, I can get two. If I can get two, I can get four. And it was that mindset that allowed me to begin to see how I could pivot from employment to entrepreneur. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So that is, that is spot on. And I appreciate you sharing that with others who are out there that are possibly looking to start their business or even grow their business. Yes. Okay. So she's out there. I know you're out there. I hear you. I hear you. You're amazing. And I'm about to do a huge favor for you. Okay, all the ladies out there who want to grow their business, you get to connect with Dr. Avis. So Dr. Avis, please tell the future millionaires out there. Yeah. Like millionaires out there. <laughs> how do they connect with you so they too can grow their businesses or start? Absolutely. Well, I would invite you to join me in my online community. It's my Facebook group called Millionaires in the Making with Dr. Avis. Uh, we have a link that I know will be kept in the show notes here, uh, bit.ly slash millionaires in the making group. And there you'll get all sorts of resources. We have all sorts of trainings there. We go live there frequently. We have master classes that you'll have access to there for free. So it's all sorts of resources, training, and information that's specifically meant to help you to be able to take that next step that you need to take in order to build or grow your business to seven figures and beyond. Awesome. So make sure that you reach out to Dr. Avis. And Dr. Avis, what if someone wants to meet you in purpose, uh, excuse me, in person? Is there oh. some event? Okay. Cause you know, that's why we're here. Yes. Huge, amazing event that's going to be happening where we could all come and learn how to write <laughs> our own check. Absolutely. And I think the event queen might know something about this, but uh, yes, I am the host. <laughs> and the founder of Black Millionaire Coach Live. I am so excited about this event. It's not, I don't even call it an event. I call it an experience. It is very, very different and elevated from the typical quote unquote business conference. So I definitely want to invite you to join me this summer, uh, starting on July 24th of 2024. We have four days, if you come as a VIP, uh, in store for you to take you from wherever you are to really leaving there with key assets that you need to take your business to seven figures. And it's going to be all set at the beautiful MGM National Resort uh, in National Harbor, Maryland. So I'm super excited about it. Super excited. I am as well. There you have it, everyone. The amazing money maven, Dr. Avis. So make sure that you check her out, follow her on social media. The links are all there. Join her Facebook group. And if you are available 
check out the website to ensure that you attend this amazing money-making event. Mm -hmm. All right. Absolutely. So they can definitely go to, uh, they can definitely go to blackmillionairecoachlive.com to get on the wait list or get more information about joining us. Yes. All right, Dr. Avis, thank you so much. It was great speaking with you. Great having you. Great being with you. Great speaking to you too. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Yes, you're welcome. Talk soon.